Hi, this is Vernon Kay, and welcome to the final pod of Series 1 of the England Rugby Podcast with Auto Inside Line, where we take you behind the scenes with exclusive England rugby content. Not the result England wanted in South Africa. Elliot Daly is our feature interview this week. But first, here's some reaction from Cape Town. And here is Mike Brown. And Mike Brown showing the strength, not from fullback, but on the wing. Discipline at the top level in Test Match Rugby is the difference between winning or losing, as you could see in the first two games. And like I said previously in the media, if we um, sorted the little things out, which was discipline and basics, we'd get the win. And we did today. We did the basics well most of the time. It's obviously great to finish the, the series with a bit of high of, off the back of a disappointing first two games and losing the series. Obviously, ending on a high shows the resilience of the squad. It's also a squad effort. It was great to see how much the other guys that didn't play so much rugby or didn't play at all really prepared us well for these games, really showed in training you know, how much they want to play for England. So, yeah, I've really enjoyed this, the, the series, apart from obviously losing it um, and also the challenge of trying a different role, which is Eddie has um, you know, challenged me with. Myself and Elliot swapping it um, all the time in the game, which um, suits our, our skill set. But you know, when you're playing in that back line with the guys inside you, you know, Fordy, first two games, Faz, Sips, who can um, make space for us outside backs, it's, it's, it's relatively easy. And then the rest is just about bringing the energy to the team, kick chase, all the little things um, that are our basics. We get the inside line on England's Elliot Daly. Owen loves talking about kicking with me. Right. And George does as well, because all I do is. They've got their routine, they put the tee down, they look there, they do the wind, they do this, they put the ball like that. I literally get the tee, put it up pretty high, put it on the ground, put the ball on it, step back and kick it. And belt it. Yeah. Johnny May takes on our three tracks feature. I'm a big Zac Efron fan. I was a big fan of his high school musical stuff and, and a brilliant song for me, that one. So, and I also love a duet, so that's me. And Red Rose's forward, Poppy Cleal, takes a trip down memory lane. I got the England cool up. I was probably at work. And when I got out, I had the text message and my first reaction was to tell my whole family, even though I had to tell them not to turn you on. So here's how I got on when I met up with England's Elliot Daly. Well, this is quite nice. Uh, an England rugby podcast. We're the part of the family. Uh, proud to welcome the brother-in-law, Elliot Daly, to the podcast. Hello. Hi. Everything all right? Very well, thank See, you. I did it again. I have this thing, and I think it's the worst thing that uh, any presenter can do, or any anyone who's asking questions. Are you all right? It's the worst question ever, but it kind of just puts people into a, a comfortable position. You know, oh yeah, you're right. We're you not going to really say anything else, but you're okay, can you? To that? Exactly, I'm exactly, okay. Yeah. exactly. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I've looked into the history of your dailies, and the history of my wife's dailies, yeah. and there is a little bit of information that you should know. We are in no way related. <laughs> I you say you're my dad there for a second. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, Jesus. We share, oh, a, we share a very shallow DNA pool. Or oh, you and my wife's family, your family and my wife's family do. Uh, but where, where did your family originate from? Where are, you, where are, you, where are the Dailies from? Um, Dailies originally from Ireland. Right. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually get into this yeah. the timeline because you don't spell it with an E. No. Tess doesn't spell her mm. surname with an E. And they're from Ireland as well. Daily without an E is quite rare. Yeah. So all my dad's side of the family are from Clare and Sligo. And then all my mum's side of the family are from Donegal and a little bit in Dublin way, I think, as well. So Right. Okay. Well, I'm going to check that tonight because yeah. I, I guarantee there's something in that. <laughs> but you brought up in Croydon, South London? Yep. South London boy. Happy childhood down there? Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Um, 
I went to Whitgift School in, in Croydon, come to house before that. And it was just, yeah, it was it was good. I went to the same school as my brother, so he just showed me the ropes, I think. But also former pupils from there, Danny Cipriani and Marlon Yard went there as well, right? Yeah, did you? Were you uh, in the same team? No, so I was in the same team as Marlon. Uh, Marlon came in the sixth form, so I had two years with him, um, unfortunately. And then, <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> and then had Sips as well. Um, I wasn't actually at the school when Sips was there. I came when I was 14, so he just left when I came. So, But he played with my brother. So, Yeah. And what other sports were you into? Did you have a choice between rugby and another sport? Or was I did. It solely I actually rugby? enjoyed my cricket quite a lot and played England 15s and 16s cricket. Bowler or batter? All-rounder. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Young Freddie Flintoff, they said. Oh, good lad. Yeah. <laughs> but he's massive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did enjoy my cricket, to be honest. And it was kind of all-year-round sport for me. It was rugby into cricket and then back to rugby in the, in the winter again. Right, and, and you, you've made a name for yourself in the England rugby team because we did a podcast with Johnny Mayer a little earlier on uh, in the year and he's a speedster like yourself. And I said, there's one thing that when people like yourself and Johnny get the ball, the crowd go <gasps> in anticipation as to what's he going to do now? Because you guys have the ability to just downshift a couple of gears and go... <laughs> Do you, do you, do you, you must realise that that's your kind of IP. I think it's more with Johnny because we, we do that with Johnny as well because we don't really know what he's doing either. <laughs> I don't think Johnny knows what Johnny's doing. <laughs> no, but it's, I think it's one part of our game that, especially here, that we're encouraged to do. Um, encouraged to get hands on the ball and, and try and beat as many people as possible. So that's what we try and do on a daily basis, really. Another thing that, Elliot, you're good at is your extra long kick. You've got the power of attraction engine in that foot of yours. Where did that come from? Is it something you've practised or is it just something you've naturally been good at? To be fair, when, when I was younger, my dad, I would always want to kick a ball weirdly and my dad would stay out with me with my brother down at sort of Beckham Rugby Club when I was sort of five, six, seven years old. And he said then I had a big boot, but I didn't really, generally you don't really know what it is. And I just always kick from then on. I don't know, like if you look, probably look at my technique, I probably wouldn't copy it. But <laughs> it's not the ideal George Ford looking... Owen Farrell looking kick but yeah I don't know I, th I think it's just one of those things that I just that it's just naturally Has Owen born, asked you I don't know. how would you do it or have you talked kicking you must have talked I don't want to know what you talked about Owen, Owen loves talking about kicking with me right and George does as well because all I do is they've got their routine they put the tee down they look there they do the wind they do this they put the ball like that I literally get the tee put it up pretty high put it on the ground put the ball on it step back and kick it and belt it yeah I was I was talking to Owen and he was like, How high how high do you put that up? I was like, Oh, ten ten centimetres. He's like, put it high, put it high. Just trying to like get into my head. But like well, all I'm saying is it, it, it's going straight enough and that'll do me. Yeah, exactly. Really. If you know where it's going, yeah, exactly. Then you've won. What what's the the conversation on the field between uh you know when we know where we are on the field. It's just on the cusp of Owen's leg. What kind of conversation do you have? Is it just as simple as what do you what do you reckon you got it? Yeah, I, every time sort of there's one in the area that I think is maybe outside Owen range or I, I just go over and say, oh, I think I can get this type thing. And it depends what time it is in the game. If it's sort of near half time and we, we, need, we need three points, then we might go for it. Or if we we feel like we're on top, then we'll go for the corner. But I always try and offer myself up for, for a kick at goal. And he's pretty understanding. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. And if he thinks he's got it, he turns around and goes, nah, I'm reet. Yeah, yeah. I'll have it. Don't worry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Brilliant. 
We've just done the tour in South Africa. It wasn't the best, we know that, but we're kicking on. And when you're in camp, the, there's a massive camaraderie in there with the boys, as there should be, because you know you spend a lot of time together, uh, various parts of the world, and you're playing a team sport, very physical team sport. What's the one thing in camp that sometimes makes you realise, uh, that sometimes makes you go, oh my God, it doesn't feel like we're in camp? Because I know there's a coffee thing with the England players. I, I think you're, you're a part of that as well, I aren't am, you? yeah. And then also the entertainment yep. with you and... Uh, oh, Danny and Jamie. Yeah, Danny and Jamie. Uh, is it those moments that you really savour when you're in camp that can really bring the team together? Yeah, I think so. I think that and, and days off, especially around here, we always go and do something together or even if it's going out for lunch or doing doing stuff that out out of this environment, which is Eddie always like suggests to us to do. So we get out of the environment and make sure that we, we're learning as much about each other as possible because if you can learn as much about each other then you, your partnerships on the pitch are going to be a lot better so that's what we try and do so basically he's encouraged you to become best friends really isn't it yeah exactly. what, a, what a great job <laughs> imagine being like 12 lads or 12 girls when you're all together and say alright if you could become best mates it would be amazing for our results yeah exactly but it, that, it does make a can you tell make it a makes a difference? difference yeah definitely um, even even talking to people and and knowing more about their lives, it just makes it stuff more interesting. I think um, you sit with them at lunch and you ask them about the family and what the wife's doing or that the kids are doing or where they're going on holiday in the summer, that kind of thing. Just it makes makes life around here a lot easier. And, and all the boys here are amazing and and they get on so well. And you can see that when we all sit down for dinner or lunch or whatever it is, we're always talking to each other. And there's no one where you you sort of avoid or anything like that. It's it's such a good environment in that regard. Now you've achieved such a lot in your short period of time in the international setup. Um, when you were welcomed into the squad, did you set yourself a goal? I mean, obviously, there's the big one that everyone wants to win. But what did you personally, on your personal level, in your position, want to achieve? To be honest, when I came into the, the squad, it was a, a few years of not getting involved in the squad. So as soon as I got named in the squad, I wanted to try and um, just establish myself in the team and, and try and get into that 23 every week. And that's what I tried to do as soon as I came in. And after that, when I got, did get an opportunity on the wing... I just tried to grab it with two hands and and try and learn as much as possible from the people around me. Obviously, when I'd started playing there, I hadn't played a lot on the wing. So I was sort of asking a lot of people, boys in the squad, basically not how to play there, but what what you look for as a wing in, as opposed to a centre or a fullback. So, um, I was That's just quite a unique position then that you were in. Yeah, I mean, um, I'd only played a couple of games for Was there when I was 18. Um, and then Eddie put me on the wing for the Fiji game, I think it was couple of autumns ago and just said just play like a centre and defend on the wing so that's what I do and Eddie's an open book when it comes to questions into you know a lot of people that I've spoken to over the well since I've been involved with O2 and the inside line is that you can ask him questions he's not a closed door you can go to him you know put him to one side and say Eddie what do you think of this what do you think of that how should I do this which is great for a player to go to a guy with such a huge wealth of experience yeah 100% and he'll he'll tell you exactly what he thinks about that. If he doesn't agree with it, he doesn't agree with it, but he will tell you exactly where you are in your rugby game as, as you are now, if you want to know, and he'll tell you where you are in the squad at that time. And that's exactly what, that sort of transparency is exactly what you need because going forward to, to get better, he tells you what you need to work on. Or if he thinks you're going well, he tells you what you're going well. So it's, it's a good relationship. Hi, this is Harry Williams. You listen to the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. Subscribe on iTunes or at englandrugby.com.
More from Elliot shortly, but let's hear from a recent guest, Johnny May, who also spent time taking us through the tracks that make up the soundtrack to his life. All right, Johnny, it's your three tracks. So I want three music tracks that have had a massive impact on your life. What's track number one? Okay, so track number one would be Green Day, Basket Case. Big tune. Um, Yep. Um, That's probably the first song I remember, and it's a special song for me because me and my dad used to listen to it on the way to rugby training um, for years, really, from like all my mini rugby and stuff. So um, that's, that's a nice song for me. It's not really the sort of music I love now, but I think... Like bands like Green Day, Blink One Eight Two, Sum Forty One, they were they were spot on in the nineties for me. So, um, but like I said, the Basket Case was me and my dad's song on the way to rugby. Bit of a thrash metal fan there, Johnny. Like I said, it's not me now, <laughs> but they had their time. Right. Okay. Uh, track number two would be um, a bit cringe, but Shania Twain um, looks like we made it. That was um, my first dance song um, when I got married just less than a year ago last summer. Hang on a minute. Last Still the one. Right. Sorry, I, I said the first few words to the song, which is looks like we made it, but the song is called Still the One Still by the one. Shania Twain. Uh, okay, track number three. Um, it's just come to me recently because it's it's a song that's very, very much me right now, and it's um, Rewrite the Stars from Great Showman because... Um, me and my sister and my wife oh we, oh we hadn't seen it before you see so um, we, we bought that on iTunes and watched that and that's a tune um, I'm a big Zac Efron fan as a big fan of his high school musical stuff and, and a brilliant song for me that one So and I also love a duet so um, that's me Johnny I love you right because you, you've told me why you like The Greatest Showman it seems that The Greatest Showman is probably the most popular film within the England rugby camp. Yeah. Everyone loves it. Marla is obsessed by it. Yes. Danny Kerr's <laughs> testimonial. Yeah. He sang a song from it. Yeah. It's unbelievable. What is it about that film? I don't know. It's just got a good vibe to it, hasn't it? Um, just a nice duet in the theatre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Johnny, thank you very much. An interesting insight into Johnny May's record collection. Back now to the second part of my chat with Elliot Daly. There's a lot of hidden talent in the England squad. We found out that uh, Jonathan Joseph, ballroom dancer. I need to listen to this podcast more often by the looks of it. Yeah, you do. And you, my friend, used to play what instrument? The clarinet. The clarinet. I mean, when did you give up the clarinet? (laughs) A while ago. like School a while ago. Yeah, yeah, sixth form a while ago. (laughs) I'm talking when I was 12, I reckon. Right. Could you belt out to tune on the clarinet? Blue Moon was my go-to. Okay, love um, that. Won, won some local event with that, no, musical event. We got in touch with a couple of family members of yours, and we said, uh, you know, Elliot used to play the clarinet. He said, yep, he did. And Verity's just going to turn around the laptop, and this is you when you were 11 and a half playing you, the clarinet. You, you're not, lying to me. I am lying, yeah. I actually got a bit struggling there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was thinking, oh my God. <laughs> Shame you didn't have one here with a two and a half read and I'll, I'll start going for it. Oh, but. well, we'll get one in next time. <laughs> we'll get one in next time. But it's those things that you can always re- revert back to. I guess you've not picked up the clarinet for a while. But when it comes to those moments when you need to relax, you know, you said that Danny and Jamie, you have a laugh. But when you're on your Jack Jones, when you're all on, on your own, how do you relax? Are you a spa person? Are you a book person? Um, I'm a, yeah, I'm a spa person. I'm a just... 
to be honest, I like to be with people. I don't really like to be on my own. If I'm sharing, if I'm on my own in the room, I get a little bit, oh, what's what's going on? Might as well just, I'd rather go to someone else's room and chill with them. I'm more of a sort of people person that way. Mm. I don't do very, unless I'm with my dog, then I don't do very well on my own, I don't think. Right. What kind of dog have you got? I've got a black pug. Oh, yes, you do have a black, who's yes. got it? No, I, I need to pull you up on something. Okay. Who set up your black pug's Instagram page? Which now has 12,000 followers. My fiance. Oh, 13,000 followers, actually. How many? 13,000. Oh, it's going on Lord. by the day. Wow. Because I thought at if... Puglet Winston, if anybody... At Puglet Winston. <laughs> Man. How rugby's changed. <laughs> <laughs> I do get a few looks, actually, around Leamington Spa when I'm walking him. Brilliant. I actually get that, I get that a lot, actually. People come up to me and I like, thought you have a bigger dog. It's like, <laughs> why? Why? I like pugs. <laughs> What's been the weirdest thing that anyone has ever said to you, player-wise? Because I know there's a lot of characters in this squad. Oh, that is a question and a half. Yeah. Johnny May just comes into my head a lot when <laughs> this happens. Well, we've, we we spoke to Johnny May, and I didn't realise that he's a massive High School Musical fan. Huge is fan. He? Yeah. That's yeah. surely that's a lie. No. No, he's a huge fan of uh, Zac Efron. That's why he loves uh, the, the musical that all the England oh rugby boys like. I'm going to bring that up as yeah. soon as possible. Might loves text it. him after this, actually. Well, I started singing a song from it, and he went, shut up, you're going to ruin it for me. Wow. He told me to be quiet. He said, you're going to ruin the song that for is, me. See, that's the, that's, the type of, that's the type of thing he comes out with on a daily basis. But some of it's put to one side. He's just, I love Johnny. He's, he's so intense. He's such he's, a unique character. He's a unique it, character, exactly. Unique character, but... You need them in the squad because you don't know what he's going to do next. No. I would imagine he's the kind of guy that folds up his uniform 10 times before he puts it on. Yeah, definitely. OCD. Hello, welcome to my world. <laughs> yeah. He, he used to like leave his watch around. He loves his Casio watch because he loves timing his stretching and stuff like that. So he used to leave it around all the time and all the boys just used to, as soon as they see it on the table, it's gone. Oh. He'd literally put it there and turn around it'd be gone. He'd be like, he's got my watch though, I haven't seen it. <laughs> and he's, then he gets a bit stressed after that and then he's he's asking everyone you've seen my watch you've seen my watch like literally he's asking every single person asking the team manager you've seen my watch he's like no I haven't seen him sorry 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 it's like and then one of the boys will either like auction it off back to him or it will be uh, given to him auction it uh, off yeah. back to him yeah. well if you can give me 100 quid for it I don't know where it is but I'll find it it's like oh there it is there you go um, or it's just somehow given to given to him back at the end of camp by then he's already bought one so now he has two. Oh, i love him <laughs> so it's good love him hello i'm poppy cleo england back row and this is my rugby journey my first rugby memory is playing with my sister at school when we started about six years old i was inspired to play rugby by my older brother we used to watch him um, out the side of our house playing rugby and he just inspired me my favorite memory as a young player was most probably eating McFlurry for breakfast with my dad and my sister. I got the England call up in January 2016. Um, I was probably at work and when I got out I had the text message and my first reaction was to tell my whole family even though I had to tell them not to tell anyone. <laughs> the biggest challenge I've had in a rugby shirt so far has been being part of um, a women's premiership winning team. It's such a struggle to win a premiership and you've got to be on, on point every week. Uh, my favourite memory in an England shirt is representing England at the Rugby World Cup. Uh, it's a huge honour for me. If I was to summarise my career in three words, they would be here for a good time, not a long time. With a few hyphens. <laughs> three words? We'll let you off, Poppy. 
This is the final episode of Series 1 and we'll be on a bit of a break for the rest of the summer. But make sure you subscribe to the England Rugby Podcast through Acast or iTunes for our return in the autumn ahead of the Quilter Internationals. While you're there, you can listen again to all our previous episodes which include interviews with Dan Cole, Joe Marler and Maro Toji, plus many, many more. I tell you what, we've had a lot of fun, so make sure you subscribe, go back and listen again. Now though, it's time for the final part of my chat with Elliot Daly. Alright Elliot, so it's time for your quick fire questions. Ten questions, hopefully as fast as you can. What profession other than yours would you like to attempt? Cricketer. Interesting. If you could only hear one music track ever again, what would it be and why? Um, Barbie Girl, because it just makes me smile. By Aqua? <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. What's your favourite place on earth? Um, Devon. Yeah, good show. What's your best trivia fact? I can juggle four balls. Is that a trivia fact? It's a fact and we'll take it. I'm not, I'm not big on trivia, if I'm honest. Who would play you in a movie? Tom Hardy. What are you scared of? Nothing. What's the silliest thing you've ever bought? A phone that you plug into your phone. So it's like, do you know like, I know it's not quite far anymore, but anyway, ruin that. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's an old school phone handle. That's the one. That, yes. That you plug do you into use the it? No. No, I, I got one for Christmas off my wife and I've never used yeah. it. A gold one. What colour was yours? Green. Green. Uh, who and what makes you laugh in the England team? Uh, Jamie George. Oh, he's funny. He just, he's an idiot. Yeah, a good idiot. Though. Yeah, good idiot. What advice would you give your 12-year-old self? Don't play the clarinet anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us something we don't know about yourself. I make a very good cottage pie. Now, cottage, is that lamb or beef? It's beef. And shepherd's, shepherd's is, lamb. is lamb. Right. I like to put leeks in the mashed potato on top. Ooh. Are you a Worcester sauce kind of guy? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. And cheese on your mash? Cheese on the mash. And maybe a bit of port. Ooh. Reduce it with Hello. a bit of port before. Reduce it with a bit of port. Hello, Daly. Just saying. Wow. And uh, I just want to clarify, reducing it with a port means that you are in no way related to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but Elliot thank you very much no worries thank you uh, great pleasure to have you with us and I will check the daily bloodline and see whether there's something in there from Ireland <laughs> thanks very much to Elliot for the chat well that's all for this week's England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line many thanks to Johnny May and Poppy Cleal make sure you subscribe to us for our return before the Quilter Internationals this autumn and make sure you keep yourself occupied Head to our England Rugby Social channels on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and Snapchat for more about the England Rugby team. Thanks for listening. Hey, see you later.